0: Hey, Cross Trainers, Donnie P coming at you October 16, 2022. It's a Sunday, a little bit overcast here on the Gold Coast, Australia, but a nice day nevertheless and uh, happens to be a significant day because it's our eldest daughter's 21st birthday and she's uh, overseas uh, celebrating her birthday with uh, her husband and her sister-in-law and, yeah, her husband. So, um, hallelujah, I hope they're having a good time. So... Last podcast, if you are listening, I got into the significance of Isaiah 57, 19, which said that God will create the fruit of our lips. Uh, you know, so what God's really saying to us is uh, through that scripture, if we speak something, we own it and we'll eat the fruit of it. And Proverbs 20, uh, sorry, Proverbs 18, 21 says that life and death are in the power of the tongue and those that love it will eat the fruit of it. And... Uh, Matthew 12, verse 37, I'll read this one from the Classic Amplified. It says, For by your words you will be justified and acquitted, and by your words you will be condemned and sentenced. Um, so says it all, really. God puts a lot of uh, focus and uh, emphasis on words, and words spoken by us are actually part of a continuum part of a progression in our lives uh what happens that the genesis of words is uh thoughts implanted in our heart uh, which bear seed and grow into uh pictures and then the pictures when dwelt on become uh even more ingrained thoughts and then ultimately those thoughts are spoken into words and the, the words become, uh, well, they're, they're the catalyst for our choices and actions. Um, often that can even be a split second between the picture and the word and the action. So words are very important because uh, yeah, it's it's all about the seed planted in our heart and the, the fruit that we'll get to eat of it. Uh, so It's very interesting. And uh, Hosea 4, 6 says, My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. And so if we don't pay attention to that, then the enemy will run us over. Uh, So God doesn't want us to be ignorant, um, you know, and and, and get destroyed. And some people say that what we don't know can't or won't hurt us, but that's actually a lie. Uh, What we don't know is actually killing us. And the enemy loves it. And he's constantly baiting us to think, and say and do the wrong things because he knows that if he can implant wrong thoughts into our mind and if we don't uh, throw those thoughts out, then they'll become pictures, they'll become words, they'll become actions, and actions um, bring forth destiny. And um, this is how and why he gets to separate so many people from God eternally because it's it's just a, a vicious cycle of uh, thinking, uh, speaking <laughs> excuse me um, and doing wrong things so uh, Philippians 4 and verse 8 I'll go over there Um, Philippians 4 8 from the classic amplified everything I'm reading is from the classic amplified by the way if you haven't figured that out Um, so it says for the rest brethren whatever is true whatever is worthy of reverence and honorable and seemly whatever is just whatever is pure, whatever is lovely and lovable, whatever is kind and winsome and gracious, if there is any virtue and excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think on and weigh and take account of these things, fix your mind on them. Uh, So yeah, we we should be thinking of what's right and pure, um, you know, and honorable and just and lovely and lovable, uh, kind and gracious and excellent so um if we're always dwelling on the negative then we're going to end up thinking and speaking and doing negative things so um that's that's just how it is so we've we've got to guard our minds um so verse 9 i'll read that just out of interest so it says here practice what you have learned and received and heard and seen in me and model your way of living on it and the god of peace Uh, of untroubled undisturbed well-being will be with you so this is how we get peace because we dwell on what's positive and we practice what we've learned and received and heard and seen by on-track ministers and more importantly by jesus himself and we model our way of living on that and then we get peace which is undisturbed well-being um so you can't put a price on that. That's invaluable. There's so many people getting around that are depressed and anxious and, you know, nervous and freaking out about world events and conditions. But uh, if we get our mind on the right things, then uh, we, we don't have to uh, be involved in that. So uh, what we plant in our spiritual womb, which is our imagination or, or heart, our spiritual womb, yeah, is what we think about, which becomes what we speak about and what we act upon. So this is exactly why the enemy is trying to trip us up all the time and this is why we need to uh, do what Romans 12, 1 and 2 says, which is uh, be transformed by the renewing of our mind and, uh, yeah, just uh, focusing on uh, what we need to do there. In fact, I'll go and read that because I don't want to paraphrase it and get it wrong. I don't want to give you the the Donnie P version of scripture. I want to give you what scripture says. Um, so... Here it is, uh, Romans 12, 1 and 2. I appeal to you, therefore, brethren, and beg of you in view of all the mercies of God to make a decisive dedication of your bodies, presenting all your members and faculties as a living sacrifice, wholly devoted, consecrated, and well-pleasing to God, which is your reasonable, rational, intelligent service and spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, this age, fashioned after... And adapted to its external superficial customs. But be transformed. Changed by the entire renewal of your mind. For by its new ideals. And its new attitude. uh, So that you may prove. For yourselves. What is the good and acceptable. And perfect will of God. Even the thing which is good and acceptable. And perfect in his sight for you. So. I mean, that, that's a sermon in itself, and it would take me ages to unpack that, but I encourage you to read that and meditate on it and dwell deeply on it, and um, it's, it's absolutely profound. Um, wow, you know, it blows my mind. Um, but here's the spiritual progression. The imagination is where the seed gets implanted, whether it's a good or bad seed, and that seed planted in our mind and imagined and rehearsed uh, we see it in pictures, good or bad, and that seed grows to thoughts which get dwelt upon and those th- thoughts turn into words, spoken words, which then become actions, and actions uh, determine results, outcomes, and destiny. So it's, uh, yeah, very very interesting, um, you know, in terms of the the impact that words can have, but more so... The, the genesis of words which is the seed implanted in our hearts so Satan understands this progression and he knows that the seed that we plant in our, in our hearts will lead to actions if we dwell on it which is exactly why he wants us to think speak and dwell on negative disempowering things um, let's go to John 10, 10. And I I love the book of John it's just awesome if you have unsaved relatives or you're ministering to someone Get them to read the book of John because it's all about Jesus, who he is, what he did, what he came for and what happened to him and where he is now. It's it's awesome. Um, yeah so John 10.10, 10, the thief comes only in order to steal and kill and destroy. I came, as in Jesus, this is him speaking through John, I came that they may have and enjoy life and have it in abundance to the full till it overflows uh so yeah it's a it's a bit of a contrast there between good and evil and that's what this life's all about really we can we can choose which uh we're going to uh actually uh obey um yeah so it it really is up to us but i want to get into matthew 13 which is the parable of the sower so i'm going to go over there matthew 13 again classic amplified um You'll hear me flicking through here. So Matthew 13 verse 19. Um, I encourage you to read all of this chapter. I'm not going to read it all for the, the sake of time. But verse 19. Um, it said, well verse 18 I'll start there actually. It says listen to the meaning of the parable of the sower. That was verse 18. Verse 19. While anyone is hearing the word of the kingdom. And does not grasp and comprehend it. The evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. This is what was sown along the roadside. So Jesus here is unpacking this parable to the disciples. So um, from this verse, it's it's basically saying, well, it's one thing to hear the word, but another very different thing to understand it. And if you don't grasp and comprehend the word, the evil one will come to snatch it away. Um you know in terms of what was sown in in their heart and this is the seed planted by the roadside so note that there's two actions there if we don't grasp and comprehend the word the evil one will come and snatch it away so that implies that it's our responsibility uh yeah responsibility to follow that progression one grasp and two comprehend um that's our choice so um yes so the implication is that if the word was grasped grasped and understood it would remain in the heart and turn into a mature crop and this is exactly what the enemy doesn't want um he he actually doesn't care if you hear the word and do nothing with it uh, but he does care if you grasp it in terms of the meaning of it and hold on to it tightly and never let it go um you know because that means that he can't do what he wants to do he can't come along and snatch it um you know so grasping the word uh basically means that well yeah we are literally hanging on to it and we won't let it go just but just as you you grasp anything that's the meaning of the word um, yeah so it's it's very interesting but you have to grasp it and value it and not let it go before you can understand it because if you don't value it then you're not going to spend time in it and you won't bother um so yeah grasping of the word is very essential before you can understand it so um yeah we we should grasp and understand the word above anything else so you know put it before our selfish ambitions and pursuits, money, fame, fortune, social media, self-promotion, the phone, your TV, the internet, anything else that's uh, in opposition to God. Um, I say in opposition to God because if we just do those things all all the time, we get into a rut and I should know because um, I've done some of those myself. Um, so verse 20, the rocky soil, and it says here, uh, Matthew 13 verse 20, As for what was sown on thin rocky soil this is he who hears the word and at once welcomes and accepts it with joy. Verse 21 Yet it has no real root in him but is temporary, inconsistent lasts but a little while and when affliction or trouble or persecution comes on account of the word at once he is caused to stumble he is repelled and begins to distrust and desert him whom he ought to trust and obey and he falls away um so that's what rocky soil is if you've ever planted something in say a school experiment with very shallow soil with no depth well the roots become stunted The, the, the plant might really flourish for maybe a couple of days but then it will die off because there's no uh no nutrition it can't go deep and there's nowhere uh yeah nowhere for it to go literally and and, and it just dries up. Uh, yeah, so it shoots up rapidly and dies off because there's no no way it can be supported or no way it can grow. Uh, so yeah, hearing the word and welcoming welcoming it, well that that's all well and good, but if it has no real root um, if it's temporary, if we're inconsistent, if we're only reading the world word a little bit, And when affliction and trouble and persecution come, we stumble, we we get repelled. And then that leads to a progression again where we distrust God. They listen to the enemy, we desert God. And it it says here that, you know, we we just trust and desert God when we ought to trust and obey him uh, rather than falling away. So yeah, no real root or depth, the word wasn't grasped or understood, it was heard and not acted upon, which is sort of like nominal Christianity. Uh, Seat warmers with no relationship with God live like hell for six days and go to church for an hour on Sunday. Uh, There's really no difference between that person and the world. No depth, no surrender, no renewal of the mind, uh, no transformation by the power of the word. So it's not the word's problem and it's not God's problem it's our problem because we chose to put ourselves in that situation Um, so the implication of this passage is that the enemy uh, will bring trials and persecutions with the intent of getting that person to stumble become offended and distrust God because that leads that person to deserting God and so note God didn't move he didn't desert the person uh, they chose to disobey and distrust God, which basically festered and became so bad that ultimately they were totally offended and fell away. So they just fell right into the enemy's trap. Um, so it's it, it's a progression which we can stop, but quite often we don't even know that we we're, we're headed down that wrong track, which ends up in a dead end. You know, so Satan's very wicked. He, he will do anything he can to get you out of the word. Um, he'll give you money, fame, fortune, like whatever. He, he doesn't care. Um, if he can do something to distract you from the word and put you off and stop you reading it and get you offended uh, about God or someone else or all of the above, then he'll do it. He's a thief. He comes to steal, kill and destroy. But as we read, Jesus comes to give life and to give it to the full So, uh, temporary, inconsistent, shallow faith, no grasping or understanding, uh, getting hit up by trials and persecutions and afflictions, uh, and stumbling, being repelled, distrusting God, leads to deserting God. So, as mentioned, someone in that situation should have obeyed and trusted God because he would get them through it. Uh, So, they didn't know the word, and that's um, why they got shipwrecked, so matthew 28 verse 20 i'm going to read that for you um matthew 28 verse 20 let's go over there okay so it says teaching them to observe everything that i have commanded you and behold i am with you all the days perpetually uniformly and on every occasion to the very close and consummation of this age of of the age actually um and then it says, Amen, so let it be. So this is God saying he's he's not going to desert us, he's not going anywhere. Let's go to Deuteronomy thirty one verse six. So if anyone's leaving anyone, it's not God leaving us. Um He promised not to do it and He's not a man that he could lie. So it's it's on us, it's our problem. And the reason we do it is we get sucked in by the enemy nonsense that he broadcasts that we allow to remain in our mind. So that's why the word says, uh, bring every thought into the captivity of Christ. Um, so Deuteronomy 31 verse 6, it says, Be strong, courageous and firm. Fear not, nor be in terror before them as in enemies. For it is the Lord your God who goes with you. He will not fail you or forsake you. So says it all really. But let's go to Hebrews 13, 5, because this is where God just he's he's just really repeating himself he's just going over the same thing trying to get through to us that he will never leave us so let's read it so hebrews 13 verse 5 classic amplified let your character or moral disposition be free from love of money including greed avarice lust and having uh, oh sorry craving for earthly possessions and be satisfied with your present circumstances and what with what you have. For he, God, himself has said, I will not in any way fail you, nor give you up, nor leave you without support. I will not, I will not, I will not in any degree leave you helpless, nor forsake you, let you down, relax my hold on you, assuredly not. I mean, how many times does God have to say it? I mean, he, he said it like four times there. So God will not in any way give up on us or leave us without support. He said, I will not do that three times. Uh, So we really need to wake up and and just believe what God said and kick the enemy to to the curve. Uh, So verse 6 in Hebrews 13, let's read that. So take comfort and... uh, yeah, and uh, be encouraged and confidently and boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not be seized with alarm. I will not fear or dread or be terrified. What can man do to me? So when, we, when we're into the word, when we grasp and understand it, and when we read the promises of God that he says about us, then the enemy's nonsense <coughs> excuse me, is, um, is, is not going to rock our, our world. It's not going to cause us to be offended or separated from God because we we know where our hope comes from. The Lord, uh, the the maker of heaven and earth, um, you know, so it's 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 all about reading the word, but we have to grasp it first. We have to hold on to it and never let it go and and let it go down deep into our psyche, into our soul and meditate on it and uh, use the power of praise um, you know, praise God for what he has done, what he is doing and what he will do in our lives. Um, you know, so it's, it's a matter of what we focus on actually, um, you know, where our focus is. So yeah, it's, um, uh, it's really important. Um, so that's what we should be doing. Um, you know, we, we need to be confident and bold and plant uh, the, the seed of God's word in our heart and dwell on it and speak it uh, like it says uh, in Isaiah fifty-seven nineteen. 19 uh, speak the word of God uh, whatever we speak we own so own it and agree with God say the Lord is my helper I will not fear what can man do to me uh, when you know who you are and who God is and what he's promised you you can take him at his word trust and obey him and see things in their proper context so Proverbs twenty nine twenty five. Let's go over there. Uh, Proverbs twenty nine helps if I uh, look at the right part of the word. <laughs> Proverbs twenty nine twenty five. Uh, where are we? Here we are. The fear of the Lord. Oh, sorry. What am I saying? <laughs> Proverbs twenty nine twenty five. The fear of man brings a snare, but whoever leans on trust in and Puts his confidence in the Lord. Is safe and set on high. So. Says it all really. I mean don't be afraid of man. Fear God. Put your trust and hope in him. And when you do. When we do uh, put our. Well when we put our uh, trust in. And hope in. And confidence in God. And when we lean on him. uh, We'll be set on high. In a safe place. Uh, So. Yeah, we need to do that rather than uh, have the fear of man dominate us. Uh, Proverbs 18 verse 10. Because truth be known, we all like to be liked. We don't like to be different. We don't like to rock the boat. But Jesus has sort of called us to be different, uh, different to the world at least, and um, to accept persecution in his name. Um, I mean, if we're doing stupid stuff and we're getting persecuted for it by unbelievers, well, we probably deserve it but if we're doing the right thing uh you know and we're promoting god and his word and we're uh flying against the wicked culture in this world and we're persecuted for that then you know count it all joy as as the scriptures say i mean because um yeah um our our reward is in heaven not here on earth um so it's actually a good thing uh if if that's the case so Proverbs 18, verse 10, uh, 10. The the name of the Lord is a strong tower, the consistently righteous man and upright in right standing with God runs to it and is safe, high above evil and strong. I'm actually going to highlight that in the word. Uh, if you can see my Bible, it's just a, a um, I don't know, it sort of looks like a multicolored quilt because uh, we've got so many highlights in there. But yeah, yeah. Um, it's not a disrespectful thing it's it's just like underlining stuff that's significant i mean i should soak the whole bible in the highlighter because there's not a word that's not significant but some things jump out more at me than others at various times and yeah i i I like to engage with the word and when i highlight things i uh, tend to uh, remember them a lot better and that's from studying at uni and stuff and that, that's a study tip for you for nothing. Uh, if you want to retain stuff, underline it and write it down and then uh, re-review it, uh, which is what I often do with my notes and you know sermon notes uh, from others and my own sermons that I've written and and that sort of thing. Um, yeah, so God's name is a strong tower. The righteous run to it and are safe and set on high. So this is actually what the person uh, should have done in uh matthew 13 the the one whose seed fell by the roadside um you know maybe then uh they wouldn't have ended up in the situation that they did uh so that's the antidote to snake bite uh run to god uh don't stress out and freak out and blame god and get angry and bitter and twisted and uh don't give a place to the enemy where he can shipwreck you um We've all done and said stupid things. I certainly have. But the word of God, wow, you know, it's its its just amazing. It is literally the uh, the the instruction book for mankind. Um, like I was saying to someone the other day, if you get an instruction manual, say, for instance, for a car, and it says only put unleaded fuel in it, and you decide, uh, I'm not going to follow the manufacturer's instructions. I think it should actually accept diesel fuel and you put that in there. You might get up the road for about 100 metres but then the car is just going to jolt and jerk violently and the motor is probably going to blow some cylinders and you'll be on the side of the road before you know it, broken down. Um, Same thing happens um, if we try and do things differently with our minds and bodies um, and we try and act contrary to what the Word of God says. Um, This book is literally the instruction manual for life so if we think we know better than god and try and do something different to what the word says then uh we are going to get broken down physically mentally emotionally and spiritually and um yeah that that never ends well so james 1 12 to 13 let's go there uh james 1 just after hebrews The whole first chapter of James is just absolutely amazing. Um, it's the biggest wake-up call ever. So James 1, 12 to 13. So it says, Blessed, happy to be envied is the man who is patient under trial and stands up under temptation. But when he has stood the test and been approved, he will receive the victor's crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. Verse 13. Let no one say when he is tempted, I'm tempted by God, for God is incapable of being tempted by what is evil, and he himself tempts no one. So, um, verse 14, I'll read that. But every person is tempted when he is drawn away and enticed and baited by his own evil desires, lusts and passions. Um, then that verse 15, when, uh, well, then the evil desire, when it has conceived, actually conceived in the mind, it should say, but conceived, gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is fully matured, brings forth death. So don't be misled, my beloved brethren. Uh, yeah, that's verse sixteen. So yeah, don't blame God for for stuff. He he didn't tempt you. You you tempted yourself. Uh, you were drawn away by your own lusts. Um, you know, and 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 uh, yeah. Getting back to Matthew uh, thirteen that person who fell by the wayside, that seed, uh, they chose to do something different with that seed to what the Word of God says. They didn't grasp it. They chose not to understand it. They didn't value the Word, and uh, they were led away by their own lust, and then they tried to blame God for their own choices, and um, that's quite delusional, really, even though we've all done it. Um, So just... uh, yeah, James 1, 12 and 13 says, be patient under trial, stand up under temptation, do that and get the victor's crown. And if you read Revelation, uh, the victor's crown is the reward for the righteous, you know, those that follow Christ un- unto death, either the, the end of their lives here on earth or, you know, just say if they're persecuted and they end up losing their lives for the faith, uh, either way, um, yeah, they, they will get a crown of life if they remain faithful um, so yeah God doesn't tempt us he's holy uh, it's our lusts that draw us away um, you know but every good and perfect gift comes from God uh, so uh, verse 19 of James 1 it says understand this my beloved brethren let every man be quick to hear a ready listener slow to speak, slow to take offense and to get angry uh, verse 20 for a man's anger does not promote. The righteousness of God, um, you you know. So we 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 need to just um, yeah be in control of of our minds and our mouths. Uh, have self control. So yeah, let the word be implanted and rooted in our hearts uh, because that does contain the power to save our souls. So um, yeah, it's it's really important. Uh, verse twenty one of James one. So it says. Get rid of all uncleanness and the rampant outgrowth of wickedness and in a humble, gentle, modest spirit receive and welcome the word which implanted and rooted in your hearts contains the power to save your souls. But, verse 22, be doers of the word, obey the message and not merely listeners to it, betraying yourselves into deception by reasoning contrary to the truth. Uh, if, If anyone listens only to the word without obeying it, and being a doer of it, he is like a man who looks carefully into his own natural face in a mirror. Verse 24, um, yeah, so forth. It it just goes on there. So, uh, well, actually, I'll I'll, I'll read verse 24 and 25. It says, for he uh, thoughtfully observes himself, and then he goes off and promptly forgets what he uh, was like. Verse 25, but he looks carefully into the faultless law, the law of liberty, and is faithful to it and perseveres in it looking into it being not a heedless listener who forgets but an active doer who obeys he shall be blessed in his doing his life of obedience so again um this is offering an antidote to the um you know the the seed that fall by the roadside it's it's uh it's unpacking things it's describing well how do you end up shipwrecked and what to do to make sure that you don't end up that way Um, you know but verse 26 it says if anyone of james one if anyone thinks himself to be religious piously observant of the external duties of his faith and does not bridle his tongue but deludes his own heart this person's religious service is worthless Uh, so you know, it talks about the, the the tongue and the heart there together. Um, you know, we've got to bridle our tongue and don't delude our, our hearts, uh, our minds, our, our spiritual womb. Um, so important, you know, getting back to Isaiah 57, 19, God will allow the fruit of our mouths to be created. So not controlling our tongues is being delusional in heart, psyche, mind, inner being. Deluding our own heart uh, makes us worthless and f- uh, futile and barren and it's not the outcome that we want so Matthew 13 back to the parable of the sower verse 22 Matthew 13:22 let's go there um again classic amplified uh sorry Matthew 13:22 you can hear me flicking through all right, so the parable continues. Matthew thirteen twenty two. As for what was sown among thorns, this is he who hears the word, but the cares of the world and the pleasure and delight and glamour and deceitfulness of riches choke and suffocate the word and it yields no fruit. Says a lot, really. Um, so the cares of this world, the pleasures, the delights, the glamour, the deceitfulness of riches and what the world has those things choke and suffocate the word so the person yields no fruit um you know so what was planted does grow but it slowly dies and um if you go to james 4 4 i know this one off by heart it says uh, that you can't play spiritual hokey pokey you can't be in the world and serve god at the same time you you've got to be one or the other well actually let's let's go over there James 4 4 it's a really critical scripture we all need to know it um, and and meditate on it um, so James 4 and verse 4 um, here we are it says you are like unfaithful wives having illicit love affairs with the world and breaking your marriage vow to God do you not know that being the world's friend is being God's enemy so whoever chooses to be a friend of the world takes his stand as an enemy of God. You know, so you, you can't be a friend of the world, in other words, embrace all of its customs, its way of living, uh, its lifestyle, its fame, its fortune, every, everything that the world has to offer you. You, you can't do that and be uh, in solid relationship with God. It's not possible. That's not my words. This is what the word of God says. So, you know, if we're choosing to be a friend of the world by accepting the world's lifestyles and standards and way of living, then that by default makes us an enemy of God and vice versa. So the whole point is that we have to be one or the other. We can kid ourselves that we can be both, but that's delusional and self-deception. We are... In reality one or the other but the good news is that we get to choose so uh you know as, as i may have alluded to before satan's more than happy to uh make you a social media influencer or anything to get you away from god to make you rich famous uh you know whatever it might be uh anything to to get you out of the word of god and, and to trip you up and you know, he's the one that suffocates the word, but it's partly our fault too because, you know, we, we move away from God incrementally. We tend to isolate ourselves and that's what the word says, you know. Um, it says that Satan goes around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. And um, if you've ever watched documentaries of lions, uh, they don't go for the middle of, of the pack. They look at the the lame, the weak, the isolated uh you know fringe dwellers uh, at the edge of of the pack um that's where they tend to um, attack and it, the word says that satan acts as a roaring lion i mean he's not actually a lion he's a spiritual nobody but um if you're on the fringe and you're getting hammered by him well he might seem that he is a lion but yeah, I mean, being on, on the fringe is, is not, a, not a safe place or a good place to be. So we need to be in, in the pack. And how do we get in the pack? Well, we get in the pack by grasping the word of God, by hanging on to it, never letting it go, uh, meditating on it, reading it, engaging with it, speaking it, believing it, praising God for it, uh, praising God through it. Uh, so if we do that, we aren't going to get shipwrecked and we aren't going to be the seed that falls by the wayside. Uh, we will instead take root and bear good fruit. Um, you know, so Satan, uh, with, with reference to suffocating the, uh, the seed there in uh, Matthew 13, let's go back there. Um, Matthew 13, the parable of the sower. So profound. I mean, blows my mind. All of scripture blows my mind. It's just amazing. Uh, Yeah, so... um, Yeah. The deceitfulness of riches choke and suffocate the word and it yields no fruit. Well, how do you choke and suffocate a plant? Well, a couple of things. Uh, One is to deprive the plant of nutrition another is to deprive the plant of light and another is to deprive the plant of water Um, you know put something over it keep it in 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 the dark don't feed it don't water it don't expose it to light and then ultimately it'll it'll wither up and uh, and die and this is the enemy's uh, modus operandi this is what he wants to do to us he wants to deprive us of water because water in the word is talking about well it's a a uh, reference to the holy spirit um the nutrition comes from uh unpacking the word and engaging with it um and and the the light um you know jesus is light he dwells in light um he 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 lives yeah he, he literally lives in light he brings light wherever jesus is there is no darkness um you know so yeah water, nutrition and light go together and this is exactly what the enemy wants to do he wants to deprive us of the light of God's word, the Holy Spirit and the nutrition, the spiritual sustenance that we can get from engaging with the word of God um, you know, with God's word, like a, a passage of scripture it says that God's word is a light unto our feet and a, a light, un, uh, yeah a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path he illuminates the way for us um yeah so it's very interesting and um john 15 we yeah there's a reference to jesus he refers to himself as a gardener so let's go over there uh john 15 uh, okay all right uh john 15 Yeah, I'll I'll read it up until verse 8. This is Jesus speaking. He says, I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. Any branch in me that does not bear fruit, that stops bearing, he cuts away, trims it off, takes it away, and he cleanses and repeatedly prunes every branch that continues to bear fruit to make it more and richer and more, uh, yeah, to make it bear more and richer and more excellent fruit. So that refers to trials. Uh, God... Is not, you know, uh, mad with us or anything, but he, he, he's a good father and he's just constantly developing us. And uh, he, he allows us to go through trials to, to teach us things, uh, not to punish us, but to develop us. Um, and no one enjoys trials. I certainly don't. I've had enough of them, really. Um, they just keep coming, but that's, uh, that's life as a, as a Christian in this world. Uh, verse 3 you are cleansed and proved oh sorry and pruned already because of the word which I have given you the teachings I have discussed with you uh, verse 4 dwell in me and I will dwell in you live in me and I will live in you just as a branch I uh, as no branch can bear fruit of itself without abiding in being vitally united to the vine neither can you bear fruit unless you abide in me verse 5 I am the vine you are the branches of Whoever lives in me and I in him bears much abundant fruit. However, apart from me, cut off from vital union with me, you can do nothing. Um, Says it all, really. Um, Yeah, really, really critical. Um, And it goes on. uh, I'd encourage you to read through to verse 8. Yeah, it's just talking about bearing more fruit there. Um, Okay, so... um, Matthew 13:23 let's go over there Matthew 13:23 the parable of the sower again Matthew 13:23 All right and here we are it's talking about the good ground as for what was sown on good soil this is he who hears the word grasps and comprehends it he indeed bears fruit and yields in one case a hundred times as much as was sown, in another 60 times as much, and in another 30. Um, yeah, so there you go. That, that's the good ground, and that's what happens when you uh, grasp the word, you understand it, you spend time in it, you dwell in it, you speak it, you believe it, you live it, you celebrate because of it. Um, that's the outcome. So good ground. Um, yeah, developing multiples of um, of what was planted. So, yeah, there, there's a progression here. We have to hear and, uh, well, hearing on its own doesn't do anything. But when we hear and grasp the word, when we study it, speak it, align our heart with it, believe it, praise God because of it, then we get three. Um, you know, the third aspect of the progression, we comprehend it, we understand it. And four, well, the fourth step in the progression is we bear much fruit because of that, you know, our choice to, uh, yeah, to hear, to grasp, uh, yeah, to study and speak and believe and praise, uh, which leads to comprehension and then bearing much fruit. So uh, we can't get to stage four if we miss stages one to three in the progression. So we have to do all of them. And Psalm ninety-one, I'm not going to read that uh, for the sake of time, but it's it's talking about uh, well spending time in the secret place with God, getting to know God, and uh, letting Him know you. Uh, but we've got to dwell in the secret place, so um, it's it's not a temporary thing. We, we have to actually be there uh, because being there will bring stability in our life, and will abide under the shadow of the almighty as it says and uh, think about it if the shadow's there then the individual whose shadow it is is right beside the the shadow so if we're abiding in the shadow of the almighty then we're right beside the almighty and vice versa so we're very close to god and he's close to us so uh, says it all really so we, we can't have the shadow without the one that threw the shadow and also when you think about it shadows are only visible if light is there nobody uh, as it says in verse 1 can withstand God's power either so when you're spending time in the secret place and you're abiding uh, under the shadow of the almighty then you'll, you'll uh, not only develop your personal relationship with God But you'll understand the amazing power and authority that he's invested in us, that he's given us. And uh, nobody can withstand the power of God. And certainly no demon in hell can. And verse 2, it says, I will say of God. Um, You know, so we, we have to speak it out. And getting back to the progression mentioned before, to say something means that we had the seed originally implanted in our heart. We saw the word picture And then we spoke it, and that leads to acting on it. Um, So, yeah, uh, we we have to have verse 1 before we can get the outcome of verse 2. And then verse 3, through to 8, is a progression. You know, it's it's sort of walking up the staircase, uh, you know, after having done verse 1 and 2. And verse 9, it says, Because you chose to make God your refuge and dwelling place, well, then you get everything else from verse 10 uh, through to the rest of, of, of the chapter. Um, it's extremely significant. You know, it, it talks about a progression, but it talks about our relationship with the living God, our personal relationship. So um, if we do that, then we can't ever be uh, the, the seed that fell by the, by the roadside. So God is equipping us with uh the means of of not being satan's cannon fodder not being chewed up and spat out and uh, let's go to ephesians 6 verse 10 because yeah make no bones about it if we aren't in the word and if we are linked up with the world and if we are being delusional about oh well you know i can be a friend of the world and god doesn't mind well i mean I've, i've already read to you james 4 4 uh you you can't as as mentioned do the spiritual hokey pokey you know put one foot in and one foot out and you know all, all that stuff you 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 cannot serve two masters um and i i should know because i've tried and i've failed hallelujah because uh that's the reason i'm here talking to you now um i've had the four by two on the back of the head many times from god deservedly so <coughs> excuse me but um he he's a good father um you know as as a father myself, if one of my girls or children were going off on some tangent that I knew would destroy them, I would do everything I could to prevent that. I would discipline them, I would talk to them i'd go, "Look, what are you doing that for? This is the way walk in it you know um i mean i i I would protect them I would guide them I would direct them I would encourage them i'd love them i would you know, be there to help them. And this is exactly what God as our Father does. He he doesn't leave us as orphans. I mean, He's he's an amazing Father, Um, you know. So uh, let's get into Ephesians 6, verse 10. It says, in conclusion, I mean, this is after, you know, verse 1 to 9, in conclusion, be strong in the Lord, be empowered through your union with Him. Draw your strength from Him, that strength which His boundless might provides Um, and then uh, verse 11 through to uh, 18 and 19 tells us how to be fully equipped with the armour of God Um, you know so well let's go with verse 11 Um, yeah so it says put on that's a choice it's up to us put on God's whole armour not part of it the whole thing Um, the armor of a heavy, heavily armed soldier, which God supplies, that you, put your name in there, may be able to successfully stand up against all the strategies and deceits of the devil. Um, you know, so we we need not part of the armor. We need the whole lot. And it's our choice to put it on or not. But also, as it says, God supplies the armor. You know, he hasn't told us to go into battle um to, to get shot he's given us what we need to to get in the fight and to win um you know so verse 12 uh, for we are not wrestling with flesh and blood contending only with physical opponents but against the uh, despotisms against the powers against the master spirits who are the world rulers of this present darkness against the spirit forces of wickedness in the heavenly supernatural uh, sphere. So that's what we're fighting against and that's who we're fighting against. So uh, people are are just a conduit that the enemy uh, chooses to flow through, like wicked people, just as God flows through righteous people. See, Satan will counterfeit everything or try to counterfeit everything that God has done uh, because he knows that God's ways are right and pure and holy and they uh they always um you know god's word will not return to him void so satan's tried to pervert that and counterfeit it yet try and apply some of the principles but it's it's a perverted mess that he produces um so yeah verse 12 tells us where the battle is and what to do about it um verse 13 um it says therefore you know after having done verse 11 and 12 therefore Put on God's complete armor. Again, it's telling us to do it. Uh, that's the second time God has told us. Put on the complete armor that you may be able to resist and stand your ground on the evil day. Note it says you. It's your choice to resist and to stand uh, stand ground on the evil day. It's up to us. And having done all, again, our choice, The yeah, having done all the crisis demands to stand firmly in your place, um, that's up to us. Um, yeah, so that's a bit of a progression there from, yeah, verse 11 and 12. And yeah, it's it's very, uh, very profound. Um, so we don't go into battle with only part of our armor on, but we have to have the whole thing. Um, you know, we have to have our, de- our, our deliberate choices and actions will, uh, will determine the outcome. So... Yeah, just read the rest of uh, the the chapter there from verse fourteen to eighteen about the battle strategies and how to stand and what to do, and the choices that we get to make and various aspects of of the armor of God. You know, so uh, the the word of God is just absolutely profound. You know, and when we when we um, grasp it, when we refuse to let it go, uh, when we dwell on it, when we meditate it. Uh, We'll understand it and we'll, we'll get revelation. Uh, it'll it'll make sense. And then we'll unpack the promises of God. Because see, this is exactly what the enemy fears. He, he fears nothing more than a on fire, spirit-filled uh, believer who is in an intimate, deep, personal relationship with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, a.k.a. Jesus Christ, our Commander-in-Chief. There is nothing the enemy fears more than that. Because, you know, we, we know how to fight. We're part of God's SAS. Uh, when you think about it, the SAS just doesn't turn up to a, to a, uh, a battle. Uh, they, they plan, they strategize, they take every single weapon they need. They're, um, you know, experts in how to use those weapons. Um, they work as, a, as, as a, te- a team and they hit the enemy full on without fear, uh, with courage. Uh, they're, they're not thinking of uh, going backwards and uh, retreating. Uh, it's all about the mission and getting the job done. And this is the mindset that we're to we're, we're to have. Um, you'll notice that in Ephesians six, it doesn't talk about any uh, any type of um, covering for our back. You know, it's all all about being in a um, offensive position. You know, meaning that. We shouldn't be backing down. We should be running headlong into the battle because greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. And we have everything we need to overcome. Uh, we've, we've got our God. We've, we've got our relationship. Uh, we've got our understanding. Um, and yeah, we, we can rely on God and he's not a man that he could lie, as I said. So we have everything we need. So I just want to encourage you um, I I know it's been deep It's it's been pretty involved this time around but just dwell on what I said uh, study, study the scriptures that I said um, you know be intentional about your words be intentional about the seed that is implanted into your heart because uh, whatever's planted there will become word pictures in your mind which will become words which will become deeds and actions and outcomes so a lot to think about but be encouraged god is on your side and he will never leave you or forsake you he's he's a good father and uh, he knows that we are dust and he's very patient and loving and kind but he's in our corner and um, we will not fail we we will see him face to face and we will receive that crown of glory uh, when we meet him and he will say well done good and faithful servant amen